Friends, congrats, you've made it to another episode of Coffee and Kernels. I'm Bryce, and I've decided to stop counting episodes at the top of them because of the fact that I always get the number wrong. I remember four episodes back, I said this was episode like 40-something. It was like episode 32, which is really hilarious, and I embarrass myself for all of your pleasures. But we've got another great show for you today. We're going to look back on the month of April and how great of a movie month that was. We're also going to talk about the usual weekend box office results and how this was one of the quietest weekends of box office that we've seen in quite a long time. And then we're also going to wrap up with some recommendations and send you on your way home. So let's jump right in at the top. Let's get us started off with the weekly recap. What have we as a collective done within the last week? Well, I can only tell you from the perspective of the Bankrupt Hippo channel. One CinemaCon happened. For those of you who don't know what CinemaCon is, CinemaCon is essentially a conference for movie theater owners inside of the United States. Basically, all the major studios, they come, they show you a ton of footage, a ton of information about the upcoming movies from the year, I believe, 2022 slash 2023. So they'll talk about movies that are going to debut between the current CinemaCon and the next one just to kind of satiate and tell the owners what they're in for and maybe convince them to screen their movies there. So that happened. We got some big announcements out of that, including the Batman getting a sequel. So the Batman 2 is going to be coming out eventually they just announced it the other day so there's very few details the only details we know is the fact that matt reeves robert pattinson and the cinematographer of the batman are returning so i guess we'll have to see how that all plays out in the future some other big announcements top gun maverick which is actually going to debut in the month of may here may 27th i believe is the date that's been getting a lot of buzz out of CinemaCon as well people have seemed to have loved it and enjoyed it and my anticipation for the movie just keeps going up through the roof because it is my second most anticipated movie for the month of may well i guess i can't say second most anticipated because i'm not necessarily less excited to see it than doctor strange but whatever take it for what you will uh what else has the channel done this week well the review for everything everywhere all at once which is a24's latest masterclass. that review was put up on the channel on tuesday i finally got around to it I'll link it somewhere either down in the description or perhaps I'll put a card up above for all of you to see if you're curious and want to check it out. I have also went and seen The Bad Guys. Now, I went and saw The Bad Guys. I liked it so much. I went and saw it Thursday night. I absolutely adored it. I loved it. I put up the review. I gave it a 9 out of 10. It's an absolute must-see, and it will probably be one of the best movies of 2022. I liked it so much, I decided to go and see it twice. I went and saw it again yesterday. For those of you who don't have a frame of reference, I'm recording this podcast on May 1st, which is Sunday. So, The Bad Guys was everything I could have hoped for and more. I actually teetered on going and seeing it last weekend, but I thought, nah, I'll just skip it. I won't go see it. I am glad that I saved myself for this weekend to go see it twice because there's not really a whole lot playing, but I'll get into that in just a second. The Bad Guys, if I had to describe it in five words, it is smart, it is entertaining, it's thoughtful, it's fun, and it's also a little repetitive at points. And I gotta say, the vocal performance by Zazie Beetz was the standout to me. In the movie, she really brought her character Diane Foxingworth to life, or is it Diane Foxington? I keep getting the two mixed up. But... The bad guys, I just had almost no expectations going into it. The fact that it's a DreamWorks animated film has my anticipation at least at somewhat to a higher degree because of the fact they've historically made movies that I've really enjoyed, including the Shrek franchise as just being one example. And you could argue that's like four or five movies at this point. It, it 
There are two things that I really love that movies do. I would argue almost three. One, when they put meaningful moments or when they take mundane moments and turning them into something meaningful, when they don't become too preachy, but yet are still able to convey messages. And three, they're able to relay complex ideas and themes and make them something simpler for all audiences to understand. The Bad Guys does two out of three of those things, and it does it very, very well. It's got a ton of ideas, a ton of messages to take away that aren't preachy and are just explained in such a digestible way that any audience can enjoy them, and it makes for ideal family viewing as well. I know that the typical cliche or the typical... What's the word? The typical categorization by people for animated movies is, oh, they're automatically kids. They're automatically family movies but the bad guys it's just so much more than that it takes these these ideas such as friendship good bad loyalty it takes these ideas and it puts them all into the movie and it really intricately weaves them into the plot nicely and creates a really fun experience now along along with along with those rides what's the entertaining and fun parts about the movie well for one the intro is probably one of the best ones i've seen in a long time it's a great introduction to not only who all of our characters are but it also has some really great action sequences as well this movie i've never seen it take action and car sequences in animation form and turn them into something just ridiculously fun everything is really fast-paced the animation style that goes with it is really bolstering in that regard too plus there's some other set pieces throughout the movie that keep you fun and engaged and satiated and the best part is the movie takes almost no time at all to get going which is great the fast pace is kept throughout the entire runtime and i never found myself being bored now kind of looking back on the movie and i'm not this isn't a spoiler i don't give spoilers away out on any of my channels for several reasons but the one metaphor within the bad guys that i'm still trying to pin down is the fact that and this is probably one of the most interesting parts in the movie Every single character, every single person in this movie is an actual human with the exception of our bad guys crew, Diane Foxingworth, and also uh, the professor, Professor Marmalade. They're all animals and their characters are all animals, which I'm still trying to digest and sort of nail down why the movie went along those routes with those characters specifically i think within the case of the bad guys it makes sense but in terms of diane foxingworth and mr marmalade i'm still trying to figure that out a little bit diane foxingworth makes a little bit more sense than professor marmalade but i think there's some kind of metaphor within that that i'm just not quite extrapolating i'm still trying to figure that out but if any of you have thoughts on that feel free to drop them down in the comments below and that's all to say really that this movie's phenomenal it's going to be one of the best films of 2022 in my book you should all go see it your entire family can enjoy it it's great for kids it's great for adults as well especially and this is another great part about this movie this is ideal family viewing because the adults won't fall asleep and get bored through it too i got bored and almost fell asleep through sonic too candidly but that's just one guy's opinion so Moving on from the bad guys, I'm considering doing the Liam Neeson wide release movie Memory up next for the channel. Now, I'm still in the process of editing editing the review, my full review for the unbearable weight of massive talent. That's going to be debuting on the channel this week as well. I'll probably finish it up today. But Memory is probably going to be the next wide release theatrical movie that I'll I'll go ahead and review. I hesitate to say for sure because Memory... 
Memory to me looks like another Liam Neeson action flick that I've seen before. And he's done Taken. He has done other movies like Blacklight, which just came out, I believe, in two months ago, March, February. I remember not, that being in theaters not too long ago. And I just don't want to go to the movies and have a very similar experience to things that I've seen before. Memory looks like it attempts to do something different, but initial reviews on Rotten Tomatoes have been telling me that, hey, it doesn't really tread into its new concepts that it could have. So I don't know if I'll go see Memory or not today. I might opt to see, watch something else. I might watch a uh, a movie from 2000 called Shanghai Noon, which was recommended to me by a friend on Instagram named Jordan. Jordan, shout out. Thank you so much for that recommendation. But we'll see. So keep your eyes out open for that. Um, transcending into the more of the video game and the TV show side of things. I've been playing The Last of Us 2 pretty constantly in fact you can see my playstation controller is still lit up because i was playing just before i filmed this podcast episode it's still great it's my friend pointed this out to me yesterday because i was talking to him about playing the game he's like yeah it's a very dark experience overall and i'm like yeah the more i play through it it's a very dark melancholy experience it's not pleasant it's very things just get wild so take that for what it's worth the last of us Two, play it it's phenomenal it's still on sale at the playstation store by the way And another thing that's kind of been on my mind lately in terms of the TV show world, I've been sampling quietly a few TV shows that I haven't really talked about on the channel. Maybe perhaps the most loudly I've talked about Atlanta, but I've also been watching a bit of Moon Knight and Only Murders in the Building. Guys, when I say I'm not really too much of a TV person, I think this is becoming more evident the more TV shows I attempt to watch because I have tapped out on all three now. I only got through an episode of Murders in the Building, which to its credit was pretty great. It just wasn't for me. Same thing with Moon Knight. I watched like the first two or three episodes. It wasn't a bad show. It just wasn't for me. I just, there's nothing in these shows that just really keeps my attention and keeps me wanting more. And I hate to say it about Atlanta season three, but Atlanta season three has just become so different for me than what I've become accustomed to. It's going for a very different stylistic choice. That's just not for me. So I've stopped watching Atlanta as season three, or at least I'll probably go back and watch it again someday, but I'm going to stop doing my off the couch reviews for, cause I just haven't enjoyed it. So all three of those shows, none of them are bad. It's just, they're not for me. I'm curious. What do you guys think about any of those three shows? Do you enjoy them? Are you excited for them? Whatever you think, you know, where the comment section is, let me know. All right. So that's all to say that, that I'm fortunately, this was a shorter weekly recap. So now Let's get into the weekend box office results from the previous weekend, which is the 16th weekend of movie going in the U.S. Specifically, that is going to be the dates of April 22nd through the 24th. Now, let me jump on over to box office mojo for our results. So coming in at number one, in its debut weekend was the bad guys making about $24 million dollars. Not too surprising because out of all the wide releases that happened that weekend between the bad guys, the Northmen, and also the unbearable weight of massive talent, I actually enjoyed the bad guys the most. Now, that's actually saying a ton because the Northmen and the unbearable weight of massive talent are both pretty good movies at minimum. So the bad guys debuting at number one, no surprise. It's a good wide family release for a lot of people to enjoy. It's got wide appeal to it. Coming in at number two again, I believe, for its third consecutive weekend was the, or not its third consecutive weekend, but Sonic the Hedgehog 2 making 15.5 million, give or take. Then coming in at number three and dropping from number one was Fantastic Beasts 3, which had a 67% drop, which if you're not 
too in privy to uh, box office numbers. Sixty-seven percent is usually a pretty big drop from the first to the second weekend. So, not a great showing from Fantastic Beasts at the box office so far. And then coming in at number four and debuting was The Northman, making a respectable twelve point three million. And then coming in at number five is The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, making about seven point one million. And just outside the top five, I just feel a note that Everything Everywhere All at Once made another five and a half million, bringing its total to about twenty-seven. So. Not really a whole lot of conclusions to draw here other than we were treated to some pretty great movies at the box office last weekend. I've had the opportunity to see all three that debuted. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is showing to have a lot more likes than I thought it would. Me personally, I didn't really like the movie much at all, but a lot of people have. And now I'll get into this in just a second when I talk about this weekend's projections. Some are saying it's the highest grossing video game property made into a movie of all time it's getting close to 150 million at the box office i was reading the article on deadline a little bit this morning the numbers are a little i'm not perfectly in privy to it so take that claim with a grain of salt but i just found that really interesting and other than that the northman coming in at 12.3 in its opening weekend i'd say that's pretty respectable for an a24 movie to open a24 movies they have they they're they're much like blumhouse right they have this habit of having not necessarily huge budgets, but they churn out pretty respectable box office results. They just combine all of these small wins and turn them, turn them into something bigger. They don't go extravagant. They don't have hundreds, hundreds of million dollars in budget. They go with small budgets, make the most of it, and turn out some great movies. And The Northman is just another example of those. So those are my thoughts on the weekend box office results for the 16th weekend of movie going. Friends, any surprises for you? Are you as surprised that Sonic 2 is doing as well as it's doing. Are you happy that the bad guys debuted at number one? I know I am. I thought it deserved it. But whatever you guys think, you know where the comment section is. Let me know. Okay, so let's transition now into the current weekend box office results. That's going to be the 17th weekend of movie going in the United States. And I should rephrase that this is going to be projections because I film these podcasts on Sunday, as you guys know. And that means the official numbers aren't quite in yet. So I can only go off of projections. But having said that, this is what we got cooking. Okay, so these are numbers coming over from Deadline. The Bad Guys is estimated to stay at number one for its second weekend in a row with only a 40% drop between weekends, which is very impressive in terms of box office numbers. So debuting, or I'm sorry, remaining at number one projected the box office for Bad Guys at 14.4 million, which is very respectable. Coming in at number two projected, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 uh, making 9.7 million. Again, staying in its number two spot for the third weekend in a row, I believe, or its second weekend in a row. Coming in at number three is Fantastic Beast 3, estimated to make 7.5 million. Coming in at number four, estimated to make 6 million, is The Northman, which has been doing pretty good. I'm actually impressed that stay at number four. And then coming back into the top five projected. Everything Everywhere All at Once, projected to make $5.3 million in its sixth weekend and remaining in the top five again, bringing its total to about $35.2 million. Now, really quick before I go into that, I just keep getting impressed by Everything Everywhere All at Once. This is the second time in its existence that it has gone from outside the top five back into the top five once more. It just keeps crawling its way back in, and I think it's a testament to really how great the movie is and how it's getting discovered slowly over time. Me, I was a little late to the party on everything everywhere all at once. I watched it. I loved it. It's going to be one of my favorite movies of 2022. But wow, I'm just impressed with the fact that how much movie, money it's made. And again, it's an A24 property. Let me kind of go back on over to the article. 
It's an A24 property that has not a huge budget and it's still managing to turn out pretty respectable numbers for a really long time. And according to this deadline article, if it makes if it gets past 50 million, it will be the most successful box office movie in A24's history. Second or right now it's behind I believe the the most successful A24 movie according to this article in terms of box office was Uncut Gems, which for those of you who don't know, Uncut Gems came out in 2019. It was an Adam Sandler movie where he played a dramatic role. It was pretty great. I highly recommend watching it. I believe it's on Netflix currently, but it could turn out to everything everywhere all at once could turn out to be A24's most successful box office film. So I'm curious to see how that's going to go. And it's really interesting to see the movie kind of go from outside the top five back into it once more. Now, some other things to note too, this was a pretty unremarkable weekend at the box office in terms of total um, from the three-day weekend. I believe when you add up all of these three-day totals, you get about $64 million, which is really, really small. The article from Deadline is speculating that it's probably due to the fact that CinemaCon happened. And I've already explained what CinemaCon was earlier, so I won't bore you with that again. But with a lot of attention being on CinemaCon and a lot of industry professionals being at CinemaCon, there were no really big wide releases this weekend. There's not a whole lot of box office draw in that regard, which is why the box office was so quiet. And I should actually note right here, the only wide release that happened this weekend was Memory, which is Liam Neeson's movie, which I was just talking about. And it's only projected to make, if I go on back over to the article, it's only projected to make $3 million. In fact, it's projected to open at the eighth spot, which is pretty poor in term when you take into context the fact that it's debuting in several thousand theaters and it's making about similar money that these types of movies that's Liam Neeson action flicks by the same studio open road were making during the COVID the height of the COVID pandemic, which was, I believe I'm trying to remember the, even the names in the movies, but they only made like four and 3 million in the middle of a pandemic. And this movie memory is releasing in much better conditions and still only making like $3 million. So not a great showing for memory. It had a, it's with it debuting with CinemaCon and around all these other great original movies like The Bad Guys, The Northman, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, I would consider it a very quiet, very quiet uh, release. So friends, those are my thoughts on the seven or yeah, the 17th weekend projections of box office. What do you make of the projections? You know where the comment section is. Let me know. All right. So I was going to kind of rehash over the fact that we had a really awesome April in terms of all the great movies that came out. I guess this is going to be me doing a retrospective on the month of April. So let's start off with this. This is kind of a newer segment. So going into the month of April, I was really only excited for a couple of movies. I cannot recall which ones in particular I was most excited for, but I was really only excited for two. I think it was Fantastic Beast 3. And I want to say that the other was Ambulance, but I don't believe that that's the case. Now, as it turns out, there's like six or seven movies, maybe even eight that I went and saw in April and all of them were at minimum good. I don't think there's one stinker that I watched in the month of April. Actually, I take that back. I count Sonic. Actually, let me take that way back. I watched two stinkers in the month of April between Morbius and Sonic 2. I did not like either of those movies. I would say that between the two of them, if I had to pick a least favorite, I would say that Sonic 2 is my least favorite of the month, but barely Morbius is a very close second. 
And other than that, out of the other six movies I watched, I at least minimum liked them and thought they were good. Fantastic Beasts 3, surprisingly to me, was right smack dab in the middle of all the movies that I saw. And I, I got to say, my favorite two were probably the bad guys and also uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Both of them were really phenomenal movies. Both were originals that came out. The honorable mention in that regard would be The Northman because The Northman, honestly, when I look back on my review of The Northman for this month, I gave it an eight. I thought it was a great movie. I thought I was a little, looking back on it, I think I was a little bit too harsh on the movie. The One of the points I made when I reviewed it was the fact that I thought it kind of meandered around its destination a little bit. And I can still kind of resonate with that argument a little bit, but I think I was a little bit too harsh in that. And I probably should have given The Northman a nine and given it a must-see because it really was a phenomenal experience. Like there's very little wrong with it and it does so many different things that I just don't really see in movies do. It takes a lot of risks. It lands quite a few of them and it turned out to be a fantastic movie with some great actors in it. So I think that's probably my biggest regret of the month is not giving The Northman a nine, but I won't hash myself and beat myself up about scores too much. The point is go movie, go see movies, go see them, go enjoy them. So to kind of hurl all of this segment into just one sort of quick retrospective, my least favorite movie of the month, I saw eight movies, I believe this month. My least favorite was probably Sonic 2. My favorite one, I got to say, was The Bad Guys. Everything Everywhere All at Once is a very, very close second. In fact, if you ask me tomorrow which of the two I liked more, I might even switch on that. And my biggest regret is not giving The Northman a 9. So those are the three pain points for the month of April. But friends, I have to ask you, what did you think of the month of April for movies? What was your favorite title? What was your least favorite Whatever you guys think, you know where the comment section is. Let me know. And to round off this episode, I'm not going to go into my most anticipated list because I already did that on last weekend's pod. So I'll wrap this episode up with weekly recommendations. I'll give you a movie and I'll give you a game. So for game, it's got a lot of wide appeal. It just came to Game Pass. My friend was playing it yesterday. He's been raving about it. Guardians of the Galaxy. It's on Xbox Game Pass. For those of you who have it, if not, PlayStation also has the property, if I'm not mistaken. Go play it. It's got a lot of wide appeal. A lot of people have been raving about it. I've played a little bit of it. I've enjoyed what I've played so far. I'll go back to it someday. Now, for the movie, I'm going to recommend The Bad Guys for the simple reason that I watched it this last weekend. I adored it. I went and saw it twice. It's going to be one of the best movies of the year, and I would be remiss if I didn't recommend it to you. So do yourself a favor. Go see The Bad Guys. Go watch it with your friends. Go laugh a little bit. Enjoy some good vocal performances. Take away some really interesting ideas, themes, and bring your kids or your younger nieces, nephews, cousins, whatever, to enjoy the ride with you because they're going to have a lot of fun too. So friends, that is going to do it for this episode of Coffee and Kernels. Once again, thank you so much for joining me. I greatly appreciate it. This has been an affiliate of the Bankrupt Hippo YouTube channel. If you like videos just like this, click right here if you'd like to see more. I've been Bryce, and until next time, have a great day.